Welcome to A Magical Life, Health, Wealth and Weight Loss. I'm your host, Magic Barclay, Lead Practitioner at Holistic Natural Health Australia and number one best-selling author. In this podcast, I aim to give you practical tips on how to accelerate and sustain your health, increase your financial, spiritual and emotional wealth and to look at something that haunts many of us needlessly, weight loss. In some episodes, I'll have guests available to give you even more tips, but in others, the floor is yours. Drop us a line at A Magical Life Podcast on Facebook and let me know what you would like to know more about. Now, sit back and enjoy, because it is time for you to create and truly discover a magical life. Welcome back to A Magical Life. I'm your host, Magic Barclay, and today I'm again joined by Karen Tyden. Karen is over in Sweden, and if you listen to our previous episode, you'll know that it's pitch black there at the moment and cold and wintry, and I'm here in Australia, and it's bright and summery and stormy, and isn't the world an amazing place that we can all catch up? Welcome again, Karen. Thank you so much for having me. Absolute pleasure. Now, at the end of our last episode, I mentioned that you wrote a book, Mind Hacking for Rebels. I would love for you to unpack that for our listeners and really tell us what the book is about, what can they expect to get from reading the book, and really tell us more about how hypnosis works for people in their life. I would be happy to do that. So I've been working with hypnosis and what I call mind hacking because it's a way of really understanding how this subconscious mind works. And uh, I love the word mind hacking because it's um, up to date a bit more. You know, today we have biohacking and we have brain hacking and life hacking. And hacking is all about, you know, sometimes not using the ordinary paths to uh, solve a problem, but to be more creative and try to do it in a faster way and in a better way. And often not scientifically proven yet. So, you know, the biohackers, they're really good at finding new ways to hack the body and to to level up the performance. And then you can read about the science maybe five or 10 years later. So I also with mind hacking have different techniques and I use a lot of my intuition to work on a very deep level. And um, I'm really good at finding, you know, where is the problem? Where is the knot and and how to solve it? So I had a lot of clients um, many years ago and I also had seminars and people were saying, oh, I wish that you wrote a book about it because there's so much good information. And when I went to you, they say, uh, you told me so much good information about how I'm working and why. And it made me feel better about myself. And um, when I understood everything about my subconscious mind, I could work with it in a better way myself. So couldn't you write a book? And uh, finally, I caved and I started to write the book, Mind Hacking for Rebels. So the approach in the book is, uh, first, there is an explanation about the subconscious mind, 
what it is and how it works. And um, I talk in the book about the download period. So when we are young, we download everything we need to be, to do, to behave, to avoid in order to survive in the world, how to get love, uh, security, approval. So you kind of download the rules of the game. So everything that we have learned and experienced is saved in a big subconscious library as reference material for the future. So when we go into different situations or when we meet different people, the subconscious library gets activated and we use this, the strategy that we used before, even if it's not a good one. And then the library becomes automatic. So when we say, I don't know why I react in a certain way in certain situations or with certain people. It's because our strategies, they just happen automatic. So the whole library is really fast on reacting. And that is because it's saving energy. Because if you should wake up in the morning and you need to think about how to put your trousers on or how to make your coffee, it would take a very long time. So a lot of our habits, they become automatic. And that's a good thing because it saves us energy and it saves us time. But unfortunately, the brain also automates thoughts, feelings, and behaviors that are not good for us. So let, let me give you an example. If you as a child you had parents and they were arguing a lot and it, it got very bad and you got really scared. So you kind of, you know, hide uh, behind the sofa or in your room. That's okay if you're five years old, but then suddenly you are a manager at work and there is a conflict. And if you react the same way when you are 40 as you were five, and you said, oh, I don't like conflicts. Uh, I don't like when people yell at each other or are mad at each other. So I maybe not will hide behind the sofa because I'm 40, but maybe I go into my office and close the door. And then people will say that you are not a good manager because you are not helping them to resolve the conflict. And then you come to me and you maybe say that, oh, I have a problem is that I avoid conflicts. I don't like them. Uh, I hide. What should I do? And that's because that old pattern that you started when you were five and your parents argued and you were scared, the subconscious is still using the same strategy today and kind of forces you into your room. Um, and it's not very productive when you're 40 and you're a manager, you need to step up. So it's just, it automates because it, it saves energy and it becomes more effective. So that's why sometimes it's hard to break it because it gets so ingrained in our system, how to do it, how to solve the situation, how to react, what strategy to use. So we don't even think about it anymore. So there are research that says that a kind of 95% of our day is directed by the subconscious mind and all these old programs. So often during the day, we are not especially aware of how we are acting. We, we are just on autopilot. So I'm writing about that to just help people to kind of understand that 
it's nothing wrong with you. You are not a bad or undisciplined or stupid person. It's just that these programs have been running for so long that they kind of just kick in automatically like a reflex. So, and the subconscious mind, it, it's often very protective of us. So when we say that, oh, I'm sabotaging for myself, it's seldom sabotage. It can be, but more often it's the subconscious mind saying, oh, I have to protect the person from this situation or being rejected or feeling shame or not being loved or not belonging. So I have to do something to save you. So I'm talking about that in the book because people say that when they know why they are reacting in a certain way, they can let go a little bit of the shame and feel better about themselves. Oh, it's just an old program and we can fix that. And of course, we have to work on it, but it's not that there's something wrong with them as a person. I think that's really great distinction because many of us tell ourselves we are self-sabotaging and that's like laying the blame pointing the finger back at ourselves but if we know there's that old programming there rather than re-blaming ourselves and addressing the issue that maybe we we can't see straight away that's just such a huge difference It is. So I sometimes make a metaphor about the subconscious mind, like, or the programs there, like a mobile phone. Uh, You know, you have to update your mobile phone with, with new program once in a while. So this is the same thing that if you haven't updated your programming since you were 10 years old it's it's quite an old program that it still runs you so if we can change the program and just update it a bit you will notice that you can change a lot of habits and you can let go a lot of fears and and you can be kinder to yourself and that's a good thing it certainly is and listeners you know you can't treat yourself like you did when you're a child or a teenager or at any stage in your life, the same way. And that's really important to know that you can grow personally and you can change. And maybe the mistakes that you made in your past, they're not something that needs to hold you prisoner now. And I think I actually learned that during my divorce. You know, at the start of my marriage, Mm -hmm. I was a certain person. And then during it, I was a certain other person. And then when it came time for my divorce, I was completely different because I'd really started with personal growth. And as it stretched out over the years, unfortunately, I was still changing. And I was getting told by my lawyer and in court, you know, I'm this, this person and back at this time, this happened. And I'm like, I'm a different person now. I've really grown And that was when I learned that, listeners, I really hope you don't have to go through a divorce to learn that. But you are not the same person that you were and your mistakes don't describe who you are now. They may have pushed you into learning more about yourself, but you are not your mistakes and you are not what happened to you in your childhood and you are not your former relationships. You're who you are today. And that's the person that you're working with. And that's the person that you need to show the respect to. Yeah. 
I would really encourage people to not say what is wrong with me, but to rather ask themselves, what happened to me that made me become this person? Or what happened to me that sparked this kind of maybe negative behavior? So it's better to ask yourself, what happened to you that made you do this sometimes stupid things instead of saying, oh, there's something wrong with me. Because that question, what happened to me, you will notice that if you follow that thread back in time, you will find that there has often been something happening to you that made you shift your perspective of yourself or life, or you you made up a strategy to to avoid pain or to feel safe or something. So you will often find something that made you the person you are today. So uh, like we said before, that a lot of people are quite hard on themselves, but the question softens it up that something happened to you that made you in a certain way or have a certain behavior. And that's a good thing too, to, to really feel that, that, Instead of saying that you are not worthy or you are stupid, seek, be a detective and see what happened. Exactly. And there is no right and there is no wrong. So the word wrong implies someone else's perspective. Yeah. What you think might be wrong is different to what someone else thinks might be wrong. It is all perspective. I know, because when I grew up in in this dysfunctional religious family, my parents were very strict about the rules. And if I did something wrong, not mistakes, because they were quite good at if I made a mistake in school, uh, I didn't get an A on a test or something. They were quite good at saying, okay, you can do it next time. We, We can you know, you have to read a little bit more and it's okay. But they had certain rules about conduct and about um, how you should live your life to be a good Christian. And they were really, really, really hard on that one. So I remember that, um, like you said, that uh, it's just their perspective of what is the right way. So they had their right way or God's way that it has to be this way. And I remember when I, you know, like a child, I I was a really shy and good child, but, you know, sometimes I did something wrong. And uh, my mother said, oh, you wait until daddy comes home. Uh, And I remember that I (laughs) I was so scared the whole day because I didn't know if he was going to be in a good mood or a bad mood because my father was quite narcissistic and he was a little bit of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. So you didn't know which daddy that came home from work. So if he was in a good mood, he just said, well, okay, let it pass this time. Don't do it again. But if he was really, really in a bad mood, he hit me or he um, damaged or broke all my valuable things that I had in my room. So I became uh, very, very perfectionistic. And I became very that, you know, finding the right way, doing it the right way. And 
uh, it was not my way. <laughs> so it took so many years and so much therapy and reflection to uh, find my way again of doing it. So that's why um, I'm saying that even though there's a little, a lot of good books out there about personal growth, uh, I want you to see them as just inspiration or suggestions or tips because you have to find your own way. And sometimes it doesn't fit you what they're saying in the book or in a seminar or in a workshop or something and it took me a while um, on my journey to also understand that well even though I I grow and I go to these workshops and I read these books it's their perspective of how you should grow so after a lot of years actually I started to realize that even though they said good things I still needed to find my way of doing it because some of the really good advice didn't fit me. So in the book, Mind Hacking for Rebels, after I explain a little bit about the subconscious and everything, I also dedicate a lot of chapters to just small tips on how you can start to change your brain. And it's it's uh, I want it to be a little bit of a buffet where you can choose, pick and choose what you like You can try it out. And if you don't like it, just find another way of doing it. But sometimes you need a little bit of, you know, tips in the beginning to get moving. But I would really, really recommend you to find your own way because that would be the best way for you. And it will also be maybe the way that motivates you the most because it's coming from within you. Thanks so much for that. Now, where can people find your book, Mind Hacking for Rebels? Well, they can find it both as paperback and as an ebook on all the big, you know, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, and all these big. So they can either go to my website where there is a tab that's called my book, and you can find a lot of places you can buy it, or you can just go to Barnes and Nobles or to Amazon and you can find it there. Excellent. Now that website is www.karentiden.se. Thanks so much for all your time and your lovely expertise. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Is there a parting word you would like to leave the listeners? Wow. That is always the hardest question for me (laughs) because I would love to say a lot of things, but I think that I would say again what I said before. One, there is nothing wrong with you. It's just the programming that is wrong. And that is something that you can change. And number two, instead of being hard on yourself, blaming yourself, ask yourself the question, what happened to me that made me to act in this way and be curious. Wonderful words. Listeners, this was your episode 114 of Magical Life. Coming up in 115, we have Tonya Cordy talking all things how to declutter and redesign your life. Listeners, thank you so much for your time. I'm so glad that I get to bring all these fabulous guests to your ears 
For now, go forth and create your magical life. Thanks for listening today. Please subscribe to hear future episodes, leave a review and share this podcast. You can follow us on Facebook at A Magical Life Podcast or at Holistic Natural Health Australia. That's holistic with a W. You can find us on Instagram at Holistic Natural Health or at www.holisticnaturalhealth.com.au. That's where you'll access all sorts of articles, freebies and more.